G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, some more today on what is happening as things begin to unfold in the lead up to what will be a very, very significant announcement, whether the yes or no case wins in the postal plebiscite survey. And if the yes case wins, of course, there's the promise that there'll be a rushed piece of legislation that will legalise same-sex marriage in Australia. And all of the things that have been talked about by so many people on the no side uh, will become uh, almost history at that point. One of those things that have been talked about on the no case is the consequences of changing the marriage law and how that might affect children. Well, we're going to talk about children today, the need for a mother and a father. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch back with us. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, you've been giving attention to this issue now for a long time, and you haven't let up. One of your latest blog articles is about this need for children to have a mother and father, and I'm assuming you're talking about a biological mother and father That is the way that things work best. In your latest blog, what are you getting at? Well, look, even before we had debates and discussions about uh, whether or not two men or two women could marry, we've had a long-standing debate about children and how they do best. So, um, and again, this can be without any biblical... uh, Uh, angle. You can just look at the social science data, and I've been following this for quite a long time. So in one of my recent pieces, I went back to 1991, an article I had penned then. It was actually a book review about the importance of mothering and how parents have uh, such a crucial role, especially in the early years with their own children. So I thought I'd revisit some of this research simply because... uh, I had seen some new articles that have been saying exactly the same thing. Here, uh, what, 26 years on from that piece, uh, the data is still there. Children still do best, all things considered, when raised by their own biological mother and father, preferably cemented by marriage. So here we've had a half century now of social science data, much of, of which I've been highlighting for, well, many years now, and it's still coming out, and so, you know, we have to tie this into the marriage debate. I mean, I know it surprises still some people to speak about marriage and children, but yeah, they actually go together. This is a surprise as well, but human sexuality and children go together. They always have, right? So, uh, you know, we have to get our minds back to reality here, that while every marriage, of course, does not result in kids, uh, most do. Most unions do. So the issue is, what's the best outcome for children? How can we best look after them? So obviously, if we're trying to create this whole new radical social institution that says uh, we can deliberately, not accidentally, but deliberately deny a child 
this most fundamental right to either a mom or a dad, or perhaps both in some cases. Well, wait a minute. We've got to stand up and take notice. This is crucial. If we care about children, if we care about the future, we have to keep coming back to this important issue. Bill, there seems to be a perception in the community that some of the most recent studies Mm. uh, actually trump all of those longitudinal studies that Mm. have, uh, the ones you're talking about, the social science that has been building over 50 years. And uh, there's been a lot of television programs, very popular programs, that will present all sorts of studies and and studies of the studies uh, that try to prove a politicised way of looking at the social science. What are your thoughts on how Mm. people do politicise these things? Well, sure, there's always that going to be happening where people want to take uh, research of various kinds and put a political spin on it. question is to let the research speak for itself and to see what is the overwhelming conclusion of the research. Sure, you're always going to find some counter studies, but uh, uh, I've written books just highlighting the the summaries of the data on the importance of child well-being in all kinds of various family structures, including same-sex households, single-parent, blended family, live-in boyfriends, the whole bit. I've been, as I say, keeping tabs on this. At one point, I had file cabinets full. I'd go to the libraries, find the uh, medical, scientific, social studies journals. I'd copy these articles. I had tons of these articles. And again, the overwhelming conclusion as a whole, uh, the evidence is quite clear. If you want the best outcome for your kids, help them to be raised with their own mom and dad. Sure, we all know of exceptions, but exceptions don't make the rule. And uh, this has implications for all kinds of other things. When we put, say, very young children into very long, extended periods of daycare, well, there's a lot of research on this as well. You know, do the kids come out uh, good, as good, when they're, you know, basically raised by strangers for a good hunk of their early life? Uh, the same data is there. Best is to have, where possible, you know, uh, certainly in those early years of bonding, the maternal bond especially is crucial. So, uh, you know, even if you leave aside some of the political hot potatoes of, say, marriage and how we redefine it, well, this goes back to, again, how do children do? Is it in their interest to be effectively raised by strangers? Sometimes it can't be helped. Sometimes, of course, we need right mom and dad both in the paid workplace but until recently a lot of governments actually tried to make it so that one breadwinner could do the trick so that children could have the benefit of being raised at least by one of the parents so you know even if we look at our recent past that wasn't so unusual so it has a lot of crossover on a number of issues children need mom and dad and when they're denied Generally speaking, you will get worse outcomes. So again, this has to be connected to the homosexual marriage debate. Yes, the relevance of this topic that we're talking about, Bill. Some people who criticise the position that you're making are saying, well, the horse has already bolted. Mm -hmm. Children are already being raised by same-sex families. Surely if that man and man or woman and woman marry, it won't change anything. But I imagine that when we get to this idea of setting in concrete 
a law that will deny children a mother and a father, a biological mother and a father. This is a very big sticking point that can't be neglected. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, there's at least two ways you'd reply, and that is a common objection. One, we speak of the normative effect of the law. Whenever you legalize something, you tend to get more of it. Sure, we have some kids being raised in same-sex households overwhelmingly, right? They came from heterosexual families and either, you know, a partner left or decided he was going to go into a homosexual lifestyle. Uh, so the fact that it's happening, uh, you know, when you legalize something, you effectively endorse it and you say, we want to have more of it. And, of course, there's other uh, lifestyles that are not so great. Some kids are raised in households where mom might be a crack cocaine addict, right? So when we make the same argument, well, it's already happening. Therefore, let's legalize it. You know, it's not a good argument. We always have to think of what's in the best interests of the child, even though there's some cases of this going on now, doesn't mean we put up the white flag of surrender. In fact, all the more reason to say why was marriage always so vitally important to societies, because it did offer the best outcome to children with their own mom and dad, and that's why societies up until just a few short years ago always, if you will, showed preferential treatment to the married heterosexual couple. They knew what they were doing for their own children was so valuable that, if you will, they had these kind of special benefits that other types of relationships did not. And fair enough, uh, they knew the children are our future. If we do our children wrong, we're doing our own society wrong. So uh, we have to look at the bigger policy implications of all this as we look at the well-being of kids. Sometimes, and I've had this conversation, you might have had this conversation too when you're talking about this, the idea of buying and selling children, buying Mm. and selling babies, Mm. usually rubs normal people up the wrong way. But when we put in concrete uh, this Mm. idea of homosexual couples being able to uh, hire a surrogate to have a child... Technically, there is a buying and selling of babies, and yep. uh, that's something that some people haven't really considered. Yeah, oh, it's an important part of the mix. I mean, let's get back to reality once again. Two men cannot have a baby. Two women cannot have a baby. Biologically impossible. Uh, so, how do you get children? Well, different ways: assisted reproductive technologies like IVF, as you say, surrogacy. And this is happening plenty. Uh, In Australia, commercial surrogacy, where you pay money for it, is illegal. Uh, In much of the U.S., it is not, and many other countries. So we already have cases of this various thing, right? Uh, This, uh, uh, you know, we have a homosexual couple uh, going overseas, maybe Thailand or India or any number of places, buying a baby, effectively, or paying for a surrogate mom. And if they're happy with the result, taking that baby home, sometimes they're not happy. (laughs) This is another way we commodify children and use them like just guinea pigs in a political football game. So it's already happening. And so if we obviously say you have a legal right to get married as a same-sex couple, then the demand for a legal right to all things surrogacy, including commercial surrogacy, that'll be, it'll have to be the next big push. They'll be saying, Australia, you're being bigoted, you're being narrow-minded. We can get married, now we demand the right to be able to buy babies, 
and so on, uh, like we buy anything out. So this is a slippery slope in action. And again, let's go back to the children. Don't we care about the kids? Or is this all about the whims and desires of adults? And Bill, if the no case wins and there is a reprieve and it is put on the shelf, same-sex marriage doesn't happen, Yep. there will be uh, almost like a a salvation point for a lot of children to have a biological father, yep. a biological mother, because mm. some of those things are very much at risk if the law changes. Mm. Oh, look, we're all working and praying, at least we should be. <laughs> if you're not at even this late stage, you still have time. Work and pray and make sure you vote. Uh, but if we do get the no, yeah, it's as you say, it's a reprieve. The other side is simply not going to go away. I mean, they've already got plan B and C and D and E ready to go. They're already uh, well on top of this game. We tend to lag behind and be a bit defensive. They're on the offense. So it'll be great news indeed for Australia, for society, certainly for children, if we win this vote with a no. But the push will be on and on and on. Remember, we've already had 22 attempts in federal parliament to change the Marriage Act in about 14 years. So it's not going to go away, even with a no vote. It's all the more reason why we all must get involved. If we care about children, and any uh, civilized society will put the well-being of children first, well, we have to get involved in this big marriage debate. Well, time is getting away for those who've not cast their ballot in the marriage survey. The 7th of November is the deadline, and then the expectation is there'll be an announcement on the 15th. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for updating us on these thoughts that you have about children, their need for their mother and father, an important aspect, just reflecting on the social science over the past 50 years and the weight of that being towards a mother and father, biological mother and father being the safest and most secure and most beneficial for the raising of a child. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Many thanks. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.